Fraggy Rugby Podcast, Season 3, Game Day 4. I'm Rob Murphy. This is Alan Deegan. Yeah, we're away to the Scarlets. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just in case people weren't quite sure. Um, and what are we? I'm looking at the clock, 6.21, so an hour and nine minutes to kick off. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's 7.35 kick off. We're, uh, it's pretty windy. The rain is on its way, but the pitch is looking good. Lindy McKenzie, very welcome along. Thank you, Rob. Delighted to be here. Thanks for your little bit of audio from Italy. That was an eventful trip for half a match of rugby. Oh, it was a very eventful trip and, and delighted that we can return to Palmer and have another crack at it, hopefully with um, a good result. Really feel like we got out of jail there, but we, we also feel like it could be one of those turning points that they'll speak about later in the season. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I think you're right because you know that that first half would have they would have learned a lot from that one would hope it would have given them a bit of a fright and a bit of a maybe a, a little bit of a kick to say look you know we just can't afford to be conceding tries in this particular fashion and the fact that they have a second go at it the next time they they will be more prepared and certainly when they meet them first off in, in the in the Champions Cup. We've seen some of the players out in the field there, Alan, looking focused to see Tim Olnup, Pat Lamb and Conor McPhillips down there now, just uh, sipping a bit of coffee and just getting themselves ready. This is a huge game for both sides. It is, it is. But just don't go into back to Zebra for a second. They only lost by two points to Cardiff, who were top of the table this morning. They scored three tries and two of them in the last 20 minutes. So the idea that we might have kicked on in the second half might not necessarily have happened last week. Um, as some people thought, you know, we're, we're talking about we might have come back. So we have to give Zebra an awful lot more respect. I think Conor Shea has had a major impact over there already. So our trip to Parma is going to be pretty important in October. Uh, but yeah, for today's game, yeah, it's... it's uh, We've seen some of the players out just checking out the pitch, checking out the, what studs they're going to wear. Um, but if this rain that seems to be on the way that we left behind, but is catching up with us on our mini epic of a journey <laughs> across a fairly rough sea this morning, means that it um, could be a tough game to play tonight. That's it. Are we ready for the match? Who's going to win? Uh, very ready for the match. Oh, this is uh, this is an incredibly hard one to call, particularly when you look at the matches, previous matches between these two sides over here. I mean haven't ever won here in the Parky Scarlets, although they have won in Stradley Park before, only once, I think. So it, it is a huge ask for Connacht. And given the fact that both sides, as Pat Lamb has said, are both desperate for points, this whether it's going to be a cracker of a match, I wouldn't quite decide that. You know, obviously weather's going to play its part, but Connacht and Pat Lamb has named possibly what is strongest possible side out. So that's, that's a positive for a start. So if they... You know, last week, if they've gone through all their reviews and they've gone through all their work-ons, as, as, as they're supposed to do every week, and they have cut down the number of individual errors, that's going to play a big part, as is the set-piece on this particular evening, I think. I thought I was missing out on Saturday night and nightclubs and stuff, but we got all the music we need here. Yeah, yeah. Who's going to win? Just bouncing around. Um, well, I'd like to think that Connacht would win, but the Buckies have have us uh, have Scarlet to test 10 point favourites and probably deservedly so. Um, yeah, they've got a 6 2 bench, 6 forwards on the bench, so I think they're expecting a big slog. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, Scarlet, I think. Talk to you at halftime. Halftime, Alan, Connacht lead by one point. We're really content with the uh, turnaround in fortunes from a Connacht point of view. 
Yeah, yeah, the work rate's phenomenal. The, the, the line speed that we're putting in defence, we've only missed, we're at the 86% success rate in the tackling, which is quite higher than we've had most of the season so far. But it's not just the, the success rate, it's the power in the tackle. We're winning an awful lot of the contacts. We have given away eight penalties to five, which is slightly worrying, um, because in, by rights, they should be ahead. They missed three very kickable kicks. Okay, we've missed two, but they should still be ahead based on that. Having said that, yeah, it's the best performance we've had so far this season. Nia Diolokan, wowzer! He's absolutely incredible. He just, the guy just seems to have been born in cold, wet weather because he's, he just doesn't seem to drop a ball and the pressure he puts on, he created the try, he scored the try. Um, you know, with his, the, the pressure he put on, uh, Jonathan Davis while chasing him back, having kicked the ball on in the first place, then super speed to show, you know, to get on the outside of... Uh, Steph Evans to score right in the corner um, which was a you know, brilliant piece of play and he really is a, an excellent player Alright so yeah they missed three kicks to goal and they're worth nine points because of that that said their try as well world class piece of handling skills from Jonathan Davies and, and Liam Williams uh, superb pace Oh the, the pass from Davies I, I, it was so quick I actually missed it I didn't realise there was a player there it was just a fantastic piece of play and there's not much you can do when you see a piece of world class play like that there's not much you can do with the fence I know Kieran was coming across to try and make a tackle and slipped but again Liam Williams is a top top class player um, you know it's the first time one of their uh, outside backs has scored a try this season which is very unusual for Clinetley. Um but you know there could be more tries in this game the rain is absolutely pelting down now which might impl- uh, have an impact in the second half but chance here for us the Scarlet's going across to greet the fans who've waited for them I think they've done their team proud this evening and done their supporters proud it didn't turn out in great numbers but they're a team that seems to be getting back on track and they'll get better as the season goes on. Will Connick get better as the season goes on, Alan Deegan? Uh, I hope so. Um, there's signs that I'm trying to get better, but um, again, ran out of steam again tonight. There's just there's something missing. Not sure exactly what it is, but there's something missing that they're not able to finish off. But, you know, they put themselves in good positions. Second game in a row, they were leading you know, on 50, 55, 60 minutes and then just ran out of steam. And Scarlets were well worth their victory. Huge reception from the 50 or 60 odd Connick fans there for their team. They're really pumped and they're trying to lift their team. What do you make of that? Uh, yeah, it's excellent. And again, the only player I don't see back out to thank the fans is um, normally where's number 13 for us. He walked in, didn't clap the opposition off either. That's not good enough in my book. Yeah, it's just odd at this stage at the very least. I don't know what's going on there. Connick have applauded their fans. They're looking fairly glum concerned by the fact that they they really ran out of steam towards the end whereas the Scarlets just had more pace yeah certainly so more energy is what the word I'm looking for more energy more beliefs you know the Connacht seemed to have worked up some beliefs seemed to have you know got themselves into a very good position and then just couldn't finish it off the game turned on that crossfield kick that uh, Alan Thomas picked up at fullback he'd been in trouble all day took a great fielded it brilliantly on the far side of the field made 20-30 yards and Scarlets never looked back from that point Alright, we'll have more in a little while. Let's get some post-game audio and then we'll go on to the end of the podcast. Here's some post-game audio. Right, Pat Lamb, you know, to start with, 
obviously three defeats to start this season it's not good territory no one wants to start calling it a crisis when you've won a Pro 12 last season when you've had a tough pre-season when you have a lot of injuries but that said zero points it really does stick out doesn't it oh yeah that's that's the outcome that's not the outcomes we want so um, the whole focus on the performance and um, getting a chance and and uh, there's a lot of good things that we did uh, unfortunately same thing that you know, that last 20 minutes, some key. The game, when it gets this sort of weather, it's all going to come down to swings and we lead, we lead for 60 minutes and then just some key errors. And as I said to the boys in the change room, it's all very well looking at your errors. Just make sure you understand the consequences of our errors and then that should motivate you to try and improve that. But, you know, and, we, and it's like when when things don't go on well or someone scores a try. I mean, the trial we scored was straight off the training field. Everyone did their roll bang try, a good example. And then you look at some things that, you know, it only takes one guy to make an error. And um, you know, and, and those those are big moments in the game, and you know, and um, you know, we obviously we're bitterly disappointed, um, but uh, the only thing we can do is uh, get back to the same process and understand the learnings, fix, continue to fix it. And but I thought out of all the games we played so far, that was certainly one of our better ones uh, as far as energy and performance uh, went. Yeah, we felt that in the commentary as well, that half-time Connacht much, much improved by quite some distance. But just in those last 20 minutes, it takes a lot of the gloss off it because it felt like the Scarlet stepped up. And Connacht, maybe simple to say, but it seemed like we tired of it. Well, I think no, at 8-7, the thing is at 8-7, uh, when you go into rain, I know from my own playing days, if you have to be ahead in that last 10 minutes, otherwise you've got to chase the game. So I've scratched that last 10 minutes because we're throwing, we don't want to throw the ball around in those sort of conditions. But when you're, when you're down by more than a score, you have to. You have to, and so, um, and, and it was always going to be difficult. And, and when you when you're protecting an eight point lead, then you you know your, your defence you're more relaxed in the sense that you can push you can push up on like sorry the defence can come pretty hard at you and so forth. So that wasn't the way you want to play in the weather, but we had to because we had no choice unfortunately because the errors led to uh, their try. Uh, field position, they try, and then again tactical error again led led to them getting down, getting the drop goal well taken. And so once you're eight points out with ten minutes to go, you just got to you just got to you know, give give it everything you can to try and just get within a bonus point. And unfortunately, we didn't do that. Between injuries and players leaving, the ten twelve position has changed quite considerably. How concerned are you that in that area, maybe some of the decision making conic maybe not be on on the level that they were last year? Well, I think we you know we again we we're judging ourselves from. Uh, um, uh, March, April, May, um, but it took us a while to get to that uh, during the season, and um, so. Um, but I think the you know certainly there's it is a, it's, there's new players and that, but we're we're working through. And my main thing is every week we've got to do continuity. We have to get better, and we have to work on on the things that aren't uh, you know quite nailing it for us. And um, but I'm confident once we get that done, it'll uh, it'll come. I mean, I you know as I said to the players, is yeah we you know we're in this together. And um, what we need to do is uh, understand what we need to fix, and that's anything you can you can control. The positive for next week is Quinn Ruse back, and obviously made a bit of an impact. And the, even the front row, good performance from the starting front row and the replacement front row going into a big game with Edinburgh with a bit of pressure on it. You know, having the pack starting to show some form must be something. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It was you know, put some acid myself and Jimmy. Definitely put some acid on the forwards because. Yeah, we pride ourselves on on uh, you know last year and and previous years around the quality of our forward, but we didn't think we had reached the standard. And I thought they went away there. Unfortunately, we lost Brownie. Brownie trained all week and um, and then he um, strained his thigh, which is a, which was a killer blow. So Alton went from six into there, and then um, you know Quinn was only really supposed to have for forty odd minutes, and then Alton started cramping. So he got a bit of a balance. Um, you know, it, it, it affected us in that sense, but. But ultimately, it's good for those guys to get a head out. Um, 
but um, you know there's things that we just got to keep working on all right own uh, again much much improved performance by Connick tonight but you know at the end of the day it's a really disappointing defeat no points from it either um, yeah yeah it is Rob I think you know it's tough to pull positives um, so early after uh, after the final whistle goes um, but you know I think in the change room there the group of players got together and um, we just had a little word between ourselves you know we know it was a big step up from last week in terms of our performance but uh, at the end of the day you know it's just a couple of small errors that uh, that let it slip in the end and uh, like I think we've taken a step in the right direction and uh, that's the direction we need to keep going uh, to build on for next week How much do you feel the pressure is it a, it must be a different kind of pressure because it was such success last year you saw the reaction your fans gave you there you know there's a lot of goodwill around this team and there's a lot of understanding but that can't satisfy you either um, No I, th- I think no more than last year compared to this year like it, it's all in-house stuff uh, stuff that's said in the media stuff that other people outside of our circle are saying doesn't really impact how we go about our week you know um, we stick to our problems process and uh, that's all we can do we can just rely on our process and um, hope that the things we're doing are, are going to get us the results so I think you know external pressure you know regardless of whether it's lo- we're losing or winning it's uh, it's irrelevant you know it's about what we do in, in-house you had to take a lot early on from the game you know the Scarlets were hitting you hard but you were still coming back at them in the contact area plenty of signs they're kind of winning the contact yeah like you know they, they, I'd say they, I don't know what the percentage of um, possession was in that first half but felt like they had a lot of it and we had a lot of but you know I thought we defended unbelievably well at times they were under pressure and again in the second half when they got close to our line but um, yeah as I was saying you know just that last 15 minutes uh, it killed us um, a couple of a couple of small errors but I think as a team you know um, our shape our understanding of the defence is uh, we took a massive step up compared to last week and in that step up is, is that sense in the, in the whole team that like when you, when you were in there in front you felt you could kick on and win the game did you think the bench was going to get, get that extra little kick for you? Um, yeah like you know I felt like we were in control yeah. um, that's probably what makes it so tough after when you come out of a game like yeah. that the wrong side of it um, like up to whatever it was 60-65 minutes I thought you know we had it in, I'm not going to say in the bag but I felt like we were really controlling uh, where the game is going and then just that last 15-10 minutes you know um when they got that score and, and, and we went, I think it was eight points behind, felt like it was kind of slipping out of our reach a bit there. But, um, yeah, look, you know, it, we'll, we'll learn and we'll move on. Three home games in a row. How much of the improvement here will be a foundation for those games or are you just totally going to push that away and, and try and try and start again? No, no, as I was saying, like you have to take the positives from, mm. from a game like that regardless of the result. Um, we'll look at the negatives, we'll try and fix them. I'm sure they'll be way down from last week. Or even the week before, we only had half a game last week. But um, you know, like th- th- that's all you can do. You know, repair the things that went wrong and uh, you know, use the positives and use it as a bit of momentum into next week. It's the post-game section of the podcast. You've just heard audio there from Pat Lamb and Owen McKeown. I'm delighted to say in the post-game section we'll have Lindy McKenzie in a couple of seconds. She's just finishing off a bit of work. Rob Lloyd's back with us from uh, the Cletley. I've forgotten South, your name. South Wales Evening Post, yeah. I got it wrong in the other <laughs> podcast as well. Anyways, folks, uh, Rob, always, always great to have you in the podcast. Thank we you, appreciate cheers. it. Uh, also nice to see your team are back on track. Yeah, that was much needed tonight and, uh, and a big, big improvement from the Scarlets after three disappointing defeats um, in the opening three rounds. Yeah, they, they needed that tonight big time Alan Deegan's with us here Alan what do you reckon uh, apart from 
getting it wrong just in the earlier post-match thing when I said our lineup was going well of course there's two lineups that screwed us um, up to that point in time we'd actually been playing quite well and the lineups were, uh, were going well but I think the impact the Scarlet's had off the bench was made a difference compared to the impact our guys made off the bench which is not I don't think it's been overly harsh on our guys we just don't kind of have the same talent that the Scarlet's had coming off the bench Yeah Shingler back today wasn't he and, and he made a bit of an impact Yeah, yeah he had a, I thought he had a great game today I mean Liam Williams had man of the match but it could have easily gone well on there in the back row mm. he, 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 was, he was ba- you know he runs the line up for the Scarlet's he's, he's got great hands and so when he's allowed to you know get a get uh, pace in the loose he's, he's just a great athlete and uh, you know he, he looked like a, a man on a mission he had a bit of stick after the Edinburgh game um, didn't look himself but today he was yeah back to his best and back to the kind of form that won him international caps Yeah so we wondered about your front row and maybe the bench obviously your front row is strong but I think Colin came out okay in that but sometimes you, you kind of think an area of the field where it's going to be pivotal it's not it, it was the second row and it was certainly the back row where, where the Scarlet's got the edge Yeah I mean you sense the Scarlet's are just waiting at the moment obviously Samson leaves to come back next mm-hmm. week Rob Evans is in a long term injury casualty so he's out till December so you know they're having to make do a little bit in the front row so they haven't had the platform of recent weeks and we just think if they do get the platform and get some front football, what those back showed tonight in, in appalling conditions, then you know they, they, they could put something special together. Can we take anything from that, Alan? The fact that the Scarlets are like, first of all, this is a hard place to win. Even last season when we won the title, and uh, never mind the fact that they're, they're due, they were just in a better place than we were tonight. Yeah, but on the, the flip side, Scarlet's hadn't won here since March, so <laughs> you know that's that's a hard place for us to win, but wasn't necessarily for maybe other people. That we we seem to struggle here, um, but we played well for about fifty five, sixty minutes. I think we 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 didn't kick on. We don't seem to have. I don't know. I don't know whether they're not fit enough. But we seem to run out of steam, and as I say, the the bench doesn't quite make the impact it was making last season. And there seems to be, you know, we, we seem to be struggling in, in the midfield. Our midfield just aren't getting over the gain line the way you'd want us to get over the gain line to, you know, to give us the momentum that we we were getting last year and we're not getting now. And our back three are just not in the game half as much simply because our midfield aren't doing what you'd want them to do. What do you reckon? It's hard for you to say. I think it's a little bit harsh on Connick, to be honest. I thought there was a pivotal moment when Connick had the line out. They lost the line out. The Scarlets put more pressure on and it ended up with Liam Williams going in the corner. Connacht get out of that, you know, and, and the siege they were at that time. Get out of there, and they're still ahead. You know, the, the Scarlets might have got a bit nervy in those conditions, throwing some passes, ball on the floor. Um, there wasn't much in that game, but once the Scarlets got their noses in front, it's it was just te- you know it's almost impossible to chase the game in those conditions. To put, you know, it was a kicking game tonight, and uh, you needed to be up on the scoreboard, and then. Allow us other sides to make mistakes, and um, that's what the Scarlets did. Really, they they, were, they haven't been in that position yet this season. Uh, they've always been chasing the game in the first three matches. Whereas today they managed to get a bit of a lead, and it put the pressure on Connacht to have to do something. And um, in those conditions, it was it was just tough to do that. Alan was watching in your press conference online this week, and he says, "In fairness, I heard Rob there, and he still respects us because you had a few questions about Connacht, but not that the others didn't. But in fair, out of no meanness or badness to us, everyone's nearly forgotten we won the title. I mean, people are talking this week. Oh yeah, Connacht were losing in Zebra, and and you know they they gonna they should have lost three in the talk. They got out of jail." And I saw who Connacht were bringing back into the side this week, and it, there was, was six internationals who came mm. back. You know those quality players, mm. and I've seen enough of Connacht to know they're, they're not going to give you, you know, they're not going to w- allow you walk over them at all. You know, and, and the Scarlets were under pressure. They make no bones about it. There's a lot of pressure mounting on those players because there's been some big name signings. They're expected to be the standard bearers for the Welsh 
regions this year and they just haven't performed so the pressure's been mounting no doubt about it and you could sense the relief around the ground of that final whistle tonight I presume everyone's delighted that Cardiff have kicked on and doing brilliant as well at the same time. <laughs> yeah in, in fairness of course you, they you are could, you, could yeah. see, you could almost see that coming at the end yeah. of last season and they've made a couple of good signings as well so yeah it'll be interesting um Obviously, the Scarlets have got a horrendous European group as well to deal with, which might which might affect them as well for the remainder of the season. Whereas the Blues and the Ospreys, they're playing in the Challenge Cup this year, so they might not have the same demands of Europe uh, on them. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, battle, almost inter-regional battle this year, but perhaps there hasn't been uh, in recent seasons. Lindy McKenzie, how are you feeling? Um, <laughs> my first question. <laughs> this is a tough first question. I, look, obviously, I'm I'm probably like the rest of Connacht supporters and the Connacht players, but disappointed with the result, with the outcome. Um, there was certainly there was a, a big improvement, I think, in the work rate yes. of of the Connacht players. There was definitely a greater hunger and a desire to to play rugby. You know, these games can turn on small things and conditions weren't great, obviously, for both sides. But I think there just seemed to be this... I thought Connacht were definitely the better in the first half. I thought they were well-deserving of their, of, of their lead. But I think they just seemed to... Once they they lost that lead, they just seemed to like lack a little bit of belief or something in themselves. I think the kicking game didn't really go their way as well. And I think, you know, we have to understand that they've, they've never won here in the Park East Scarlets. But, you know, so we always knew it was going to be a big, huge challenge. And the Scarlets came into the match in the same position that Connacht with no points. So it was always going to be, it was always going to be a big ask anyway. But I think, you know, obviously talking to Owen McEwen there, he's, you know, he's, they're not disheartened by it yet. Mm-hmm. They're certainly not disheartened and they'll, you know, just, you know, keep improving. Hopefully, and we'll see it against Edinburgh next week. Body language wasn't great, though. I, I, like at halftime, I was saying, "Connacht, you're back on air," because <laughs> we felt they were back. So let's not forget that. But body language wasn't great at the end. No, no. I don't know what I expect the body language to be, to be honest. No, but again, for me, the game turned on, on the the up and under that was put up um, for about I don't know fifty odd oh, minutes, exactly something like yeah. that. And Alan Thomas, who'd been under huge pressure on the ball all day, under pressure by two Connacht players, just owned it took it, went down the field 15, 20 metres and Connacht never recovered from that it seemed to sort of put, put a, a pinprick in the energy that they had and it just sort of all just dissipated at that stage. Now again you had a number of players first game of the season and they just ran out of legs, they ran out of steam again, which is the fourth time now or the third time we've said this, that you know Connacht have run out of steam again because up to that point they were they were winning quite a lot of the the one-on-one contacts. They were struggling at, at some of the rooks and malls because John Barkley was having a cracking game as, as well as Shingler. So there was a real battle going on there. But we were getting front football. I thought Quinn Roo had a huge impact. I thought Ulton had his first really good game of the season that they were smashing into people and getting across the gain line. But from, from that moment, they just didn't seem to be able to regenerate the momentum they needed to and losing the two line-outs, which, which gave the, the points in the second half to Scarlets, we just couldn't recover from. I think it just seems to be as well this sort of slightly hesitation with the, in the type of game that they're playing now. Last year, I mean, they were just throwing the ball around with such confidence and they couldn't do any wrong. They seem a lot more hesitant with the ball in hand and throwing the ball around this year and as it, whether it's got to do with the changes that have taken place in the back line 
I don't know, but they just don't seem to have that same sort of sparkle that they had last year. Is it a confidence thing to you? If just from that outside view, look, you've, you haven't watched us in detail, but you watch us today. Do you, do you think this team lacks confidence all of a sudden? I mean, confidence is huge in any sport, in, mm. in any walk of life, really. Because, I mean, the, the Scarlets, for 20 minutes against Munster in the opening of the game of the season, everyone's going, wow, this is what we expected from the Scarlets mm. this year. They were yeah, throwing the ball, yeah. about making breaks, but they was making no dent on the, on the scoreboard. And all of a sudden, you just almost... You mentioned earlier body language. You could feel a shoulder slump, and you think, well, there's things aren't happening for us mm. and Munster just soaked it up soaked it up a couple of sucker punches with tries uh, and the game was won by Munster and since then the Scarlets have been trying to find this uh, this magic button as they were to get their game going again and um, hopefully for them tonight will be it and obviously I, I thought Liam Williams had a great game he's the kind of player who can spark a team um, as you mentioned the bench Scott Williams came off uh, came on off the bench and made a great break down the blind players like that with John Davis that pass for the first try with Liam Williams was just was just world class so, so you know these type of players can spark a side and all of a sudden when you've got three or four of those players in a back line confidence throughout Rhys Patchell that game tonight would have done wonders for Rhys Patchell's confidence Yeah. and so to flip that on a Connacht side you know they, they, they scrapped a win against Edinburgh next week and all of a sudden things can change you know you go outside half picking up a man in a match or whatever all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's eight feet tall and, you know, he's bossing the game the following week. So things can change very quickly. And uh, I didn't see a huge amount wrong with Connick's game tonight, to be honest. We, if people were talking about crises, any of that kind of yeah. stuff, would you be saying stop, you know, what this oh, team achieved think, last year? I think so. You know, when you had to see what happened in Edinburgh last year, you know, you, yeah. you know, the crisis. I mean, it's, it's three, what, three defeats. Yeah. Um, like he's a very good Osprey side who, who hit the ground running mm. you know the Scarlet Glasgow yeah Glasgow you know quality almost like a Scotland mm. team the Glasgow side the Scarlet's were a desperate side tonight you know a back division packed with international talent you know they haven't lost to bad sides um, if they start losing as you said the likes of Zebra at home and Treviso at home they, can't, you know, they don't beat the likes of the Dragons games they're expected to win then perhaps you can think well things might not be going well yet but things can turn around very very quickly I think I'm glad we have Rob on. Sober assessment here. <laughs> We'd be awful down on us. What do you reckon? Yeah, I suppose. Like for me, there's 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 no spark, and that that midfield is a problem. There, there's no chemistry happening in the midfield, mm. and that that's something that you know we could do with something happening there. Um, you know, we, we're we're it's it's a brand new combination there with with Bundy and uh, Owen, and they've flipped them around the last two weeks, and it hasn't made a huge amount of difference. And at one stage, very very early in the game, Owen and there was a gap of at least 20 metres between Owen and the next player in mm. and I just went oh my god what, what's going on Bundy had just run across to go where he was going and didn't say anything to Owen and Owen had to sort of oh jeez you know, I better go and cover that gap and it was just it seemed a very strange thing to happen so early in the game that there was a lack of communication it happened right in front of me which is why I noticed it was, it was just blindingly obvious that there's something missing there's a spark missing there between those guys and something has to happen there to, to, to help us along because it only takes small things it's only a small percentage that changes between winning and losing and, and they're the little things we need to look at I was just about to say that you know Leinster we beat Leinster last year 7-6 at home Munster put two tries on Connacht early on and Connacht just got back to the processes there I said it and they got themselves on, on track again and then you think how close those two Glasgow games were so fine lines uh, but when Connacht got through those games by the time they got to Murrayfield they were just a team of, full of confidence a lot of this Pro 12 title was built on the mental strength of the team as well as their ability and that mental strength has really dropped off well I, you know we 
Connor went into last year and it was a, and no matter what you say it was a World Cup year and even when you account for the fact that everyone was a full strength at the end of the year yes because by that time they had built up that head of confidence okay. and I and I do think I do think it had an impact on them absolutely we're keeping our trophy though <laughs> I mean, no one can take that away <laughs> look I don't you know people have talked about this crisis I, I don't think there is a, a is, is a crisis no I don't either but I think I you mean, feel the need to bring it up just because yeah and I do and I do think that Connacht have had an, an, a, a very tough draw to start their defence to start their defence of the title it was no easy draw here you know and so I do think you know they are fine lines they are and I think you know I don't think there's any need to panic I'm sure that Pat Lamb and his players will know exactly what they have to do and as John Muldoon pointed out like last year they lost to Leinster and Ulster and uh, Scarlets and all around Christmas yeah that's that's right four 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 in a, four in a row we didn't get yet, like we did keep close enough to losing to the Scarlets at home that game swung yeah, and yeah. yeah and and they and they turned it around and I think and I think you know um, as the Scarlets tonight were able to turn it around that I think that's basically all it will take for Connacht. Yeah, I think I think as well you've got to appreciate the mindset of opposition sides yeah. as well. Now Connacht did a scalp. No, I've never seen a, a Scarlet's victory of a Connacht greeted with such relief. Yeah. A pack of Scarlets. Yeah. Because okay. um, normally you, you know you go to a press con- conference priest Connacht and all the players will say the same thing. Yeah, Connacht always a tough game. They dog it, they stub, and they get stuck in. But this week you could sense the respect for the way Pat Lam has had them playing, and I think the fans as well appreciate that. And I think today, you know, beating Connacht actually means quite a bit to the Scarlets. Mm. Um, whereas in the past, they say, yeah, we've got to win against Connacht, but, you know, there'll be tougher tests ahead. Yeah. But, you know, this, this, this means, you know, it's a huge result. Don't make no bones about it. It's a huge result for the Scarlets because if they'd have lost tonight, the pressure would have been really mounting on them um, for the remainder, well, for the next couple of games, especially, and, and into Europe. Just before we go, Maybe just to wind it up, maybe talk a wider, wider pro twelve. Can the Welsh teams kick on in Europe this year? Obviously, you mentioned yeah. the fact that Cardiff and Ospreys are in the Challenge Cup. There could be a winner out of the Challenge Cup out of those yeah. two teams. I mean, I think we spoke in in the launch in, uh, at the launch in Dublin, mm. uh, and uh, we talked about the Ospreys, and I yeah. think. Um, Obviously, they, they had a tough first half out there in Dublin on, on Friday night, but uh, they got quality. They got some serious quality on that side. You know, they, they got a choice between Sam Davis and Dan Baker at ten. They got Reese Webb. What a difficult game on Friday night, but he, he's he's you know he's world class. Oh, he's nine. So, you know, Alan Wynne Jones looks like he, he he's had the break he's needed and he's coming back and you know he's man on a mission. So they got some top quality players they'll be there and thereabouts at the end of the season obviously the Blues have strengthened they've got confidence they've got a good set piece there now and um, is Scarlett still challenged for this title? I think so I think so I mean the next two games they've got Treviso away and, and the Dragons at home okay. so all of a sudden after six games they could be sitting mid-table if they can get those two wins and then as they showed second half of the season you know you what, look what happened to Glasgow you know they had a shocking start in World Cup here didn't they and then mm. just picked up with that run of what was it eight wins on the trot and all of a sudden you've uh, you got momentum going into the uh, into the playoffs so yeah I think it's uh, I think it's going to be I think the, like Pat Lamb mentioned earlier I think the top six will be the the, uh, the immediate target and then take it from there then I suppose Any other business any other top? The league is split in two there's a seven point gap between the top six and the bottom Five, six, sorry. By the sound of things, there is the Scarlets could make that seven. You know, in the next two weeks, it could be seven teams in the top. Well, there's actually a seven point gap right now. You know, there's there's six places got twelve points, and seven places got five. 
Like that's 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 a fair chunk to to try and get back even at this early stage in the season. And and the teams up in the top six are the teams you would expect to see there. The only team I would have expected to see there that are not there are the Scarlets mm. swapping with Cardiff. But other than that, they're the teams you would expect to see up there at this point of the season. Um, so it's going to be very very tough to get anywhere close to that top six. The only hope is that the top six start beating each other, <laughs> so yeah, someone can make a run from the bottom. Three win, three home games though. Two home games leading into Europe. That's where Connacht need to get some momentum. Edinburgh, Ulster, then Toulouse. Yeah, it doesn't get any easier, does it? It certainly doesn't get any easier, but look, hey, look, I think they have a very proud record in the sports ground despite the the earlier two two losses. Um, And as, you know, as we said, you know, one small thing, you know, could turn it around. And look, I think Edinburgh is the game that, that you know, if they lose to Edinburgh, then I think you people would st- certainly be asking questions of this of this Connacht side, and I think you know the, the players are in an enviable position. You know, um, Pat Lamb similarly, we ask him the same questions, I suppose, every week, and he sort of has to keep repeating the same mantra that they'll do. They're not going to change anything. They're going to re- you know continue with the same process that they've already had, and far be it from from us to suggest that 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 process which has worked so well to date needs to be changed let's just hope that you know next week this the Edinburgh match you know is the start of something better um, perfectly timed going into an Ulster match which you know you know perfectly well that with the crowd that's going to be there and up against another an inter, another interprovincial you know team that you know it, it is going to be a Connacht that will be certainly firing I think Thanks to Rob Lloyd for sticking with us here for now. Uh, Rob, you can join in questions on Twitter, see if there's any for that Rob could possibly answer. But uh, to start with, questions on Twitter, read by Alan. I don't even need a team music for this. Well, John Rogers wanted to know why the hell we were kicking the ball so much. I think Pat might have answered that. There was an awful lot of rain falling tonight. I think both sides were kicking the ball quite a lot. Like It, it was pretty difficult. Um, you want to know what happened to our possession game. It's very difficult to play a possession game with the, the rain falling the way it was. And I think the wind was a lot more... You know, we, we couldn't really feel it in the stand, but I think there was a fair old breeze blowing out there. Scarlet didn't make a lot of mistakes in the ball, I thought. I actually thought the Scarlet should have kicked a bit more. Oh, right. Yeah, because yeah. I just felt, especially in that first half, uh, they weren't playing territory very well. Um, mm. They played a lot of rugby in their own half, and you just sense in those conditions passes being dropped and Clancy you know he was quite sharp at the breakdown there um, I just thought perhaps they needed a bit more but second half obviously in the last 20 minutes when they had that lead it was an easy territory game to play then but uh, yeah I did I did actually feel Connor kicked a, a bit too much uh, ball away um, especially when they were leading 8-7 at the time the second half yeah I thought George Clancy did fine I didn't have any issue yeah. with him today he was good good refereeing overall yeah, I, I I never comment until I've seen the game back. <laughs> so you can say I never comment on referees. It's like well, I go, you're I, off, I, yeah, you're I, off I, the podcast. I, yeah, I'd rather wait till I have a look. <laughs> no, at you're the right. TV you're dead. Yeah, 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 we might yeah, yeah. start to spot things. Yeah. Um, John Rogers wants to know um, when it's time to panic, and then uh, Emmett McNamara is saying time to panic or time to run screaming in the streets because Connacht rugby have been replaced by robots who can't play rugby, Rob. <laughs> Cheers. That's too soon, Emmett. <laughs> but yeah, well, I, look, I, time to panic. I don't know. Maybe like I think you said it. You hit the nail on the head, Rob. It's time to panic when you lose to a struggling Dragons, mm. struggling Zebra. Maybe, maybe Edinburgh in the next week. Although I wouldn't panic, but I think you're into real bad territory if you lose to Edinburgh. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I mean, the conditions played a huge part tonight. You know, it, it, so it, you, you, you cannot judge any side and on, on, on their patterns of play in conditions like that. You know, you just uh, mis- mistakes are key to games like that. Kicking your kicks are key. 
Um, Scarless fortunately got away with missing their first three penalties at goal and I managed to, to get the points. But yeah, I think, as you said, I don't think a game like that tonight is a fair judge in any, on any side, to be honest. Yeah, and that's why I think the Scarlet fans will go home just content. Four points on the yeah, board, definitely. move yeah. on. Like, yeah, just yeah, get up that table. Yeah. I think the, the result, once you saw the conditions, once those teams ran out there tonight, it was just all about the result, nothing else. What's first up in the Champions Cup for you guys? Start a sale, and then they head to Saracens a week later. Ooh. Followed by a double header in Toulon in December. Ah, it's grand. It's grand. Keep yeah. sound. Yeah. Yeah. No, Saracens did lose today. They, they did, did, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Toulouse, Toulouse won first game in four that they've won. They'd lost three in a row prior to that and are only a mid-table team, so they're not quite the Toulouse of old. So, you know, chance for us to get something back there. They make headlines on their websites now. Uh, Conic yeah. podcast calls Toulouse only a mid-table team. Anyway, it's moving back. Well, they're, they're a mid-table team. <laughs> they're, they're in six. One more mid-table team. Actually correct, says Conic. Actually correct, <laughs> Um, so yeah, Sylvia Gatte wants to know what do we make of the twelve thirteen partnership? Yeah, I think we've kind of answered sort of that really that. in terms of the switching back and forth and maybe the teamwork. But there's no question that Craig Ronaldson's missed a little bit, Lindley. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even young Roy Perato oh, yeah. last se- season did a did a did a fine job there when he was given the opportunity. So there are definitely a few players that are that could come into in to contention there. And let's face it, I mean Owen Griffin is is. Is new back in, in into the Connet team, whereas those other players have been there mm. throughout the the last few seasons. So, so Owen, it's it's a huge task to undertake to be the replacement for essentially Robbie Henshaw, and you know it's it's obviously it's just not quite gelling as as probably as we'd hope. Yeah, Don't forget Peter Rabb yeah, as well. Yeah, oh, Peter Rabb. Of course, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's taking a knock. We have loads of players injured. It's not fair we last year off. It's just not fair. And yeah, oh, geez, we have loads of questions. One more, one more. You're going to have a job trying to put a positive spin on this this week, says uh, Connemara Bob. Oh, we've been too positive lately. Well, uh, we'd, we'd, can we just blame Rob Lloyd for saying... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been working on positives for the last three weeks. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes it takes someone like Rob... Yeah, Lloyd that perspective, to yeah. To actually to, to put up a different perspective on it because, you know, it's 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 very easy for Connacht fans and you know even us as journalists watching Connacht week after week after week mm-hmm. you know not to be a little disha- disheartened sometimes and it mm-hmm. takes someone a dispassionate person to sit down and analyse it which is what you've done tonight Rob Rob you were saying new age of journalism we have to write our own headlines <laughs> I, my headline in this one would be it was all going well until we won the Pro 12 <laughs> <laughs> it's all the downhill since yeah I mean I mean you, it's Connacht are always going to have a target on their back this season it's mm-hmm. always going to be the case um they played some good sides so far this season. I'd suggest that. I mean, um, you know, you look at them today. Perhaps the ambition wasn't there. That perhaps I've seen from Connacht last season. But again, you, the conditions are awful. They were awful. Because it was a huge test of a ten and nine tonight, and I didn't think the Connacht nine ten kicked particularly well. Um, I thought Reece Pat- Patchell grew into the game and oh, he's so good. He's got, he's got a lot of length on, yeah. on his boot and, and you know things like that just make a difference in a game and when conditions play such a part as well. It was interesting to see Wayne Pivak wasn't about to start giving him loads of credit just no, yet because he made little no, mistakes and he yeah. wants to push him as well. All right, uh, that's it. you got to listen to that, folks. I know you're feeling down, but like, there's no way we're going to start getting negative just yet. Far too soon and I think Rob summed up why. Hey, were any good chippers around here? 
Feeling hungry. Yeah, What's good in Tlenty? About, yeah. You can send us direction. Na- night out in Tlenty is one that'll uh, stay in the memory banks, believe me. Helen <laughs> <laughs> has a story about that, but we're not telling that story again. <laughs> Recommendations for nights out in Tlenty, which sent us to Swansea. But um, <laughs> it's still the best rugby town in the world, so you've got that going for yourselves. Listen, Rob, thanks as always. Always a pleasure, Rob. Hopefully, you'll be back in Galway a bit later in the season. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Try for the playoffs at that stage. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Thank you, Lindy. Anytime. Oh, it's good to have you here. Alan, I suppose thank you too. Cheers, Rob. That's it from us, folks. We'll be back in a week when Connacht will hopefully beat Edinburgh. And then I'm going off to watch Mayo win the All-Ireland final in Crook Park. Yes, I said it. Deal with it, Alan. Oh, <laughs> Music. This is our year. <laughs> Thank you.